You're listening to episode 131 of Scaling Up. Welcome to Scaling Up. I'm your host, Elizabeth Hartke, and if you're listening to this, you're probably a maverick like me. How convenient because I literally made the show just for you. I'm a business scaling strategist that's been in the game for almost a decade now, and I'm weirdly passionate about helping impact-driven entrepreneurs, business owners, brands, and go-getters scale their businesses and their lives. Imagine taking your impact, your income, and your freedom of time to the levels that you can only dream about. Making your mission known to the world and mastering your business strategy so you don't have to keep on trading dollars for hours. I built two two comma businesses doing what I love, what I believe in, and a lot of that has to do with teaching you how to do the same. We drill down on strategy, but we know that it takes more than just business tactics to live the life that you envision. So we go deep on health optimization, mindset, leadership, relationships, and just being that scaled up version of you who is primed and ready to step into your purpose and peak performance. Some days I record this bad Larry from my closet to escape my three littles, and some days I'm down at my barn office on our 12-acre farm. So do me a favor, grab your notebook and a pen and your favorite bevy, and let's get to the show. I had to fill you in on this because I think it might be exactly what you've been hoping for. So we just reopened the doors to our exclusive Maverick Mastermind because we've been getting requests for it for a while now, and we are accepting applications again. But here's the deal. This Mastermind in particular, it is next level. We bring in industry leaders and experts, the ones that you admire from afar, so you can have direct access to them to help you scale your business. We have an entire curriculum we're walking you through that is going to help you change the game of how you grow your business. No more spinning your wheels, feeling like you're wasting time and money. We're going to help you become known as the go-to expert in what you do, help you nail your clarity. You will know exactly what you're called to do and how to do it, increase your visibility, help you build out your next irresistible offers because that's huge. It's going to increase your cash flow, your income levels, your overall impact that you're making. Have access to the people that you want to connect with, in-person retreats with them too. And we're really into teaching you high-level marketing strategy, stuff that's going to stick, list growth strategy so you're talking to the right people, the ones that are primed to buy what you have to offer, and helping you get the right new connections, publicity, land interviews, speaking gigs, direct access to me and my team, my incredible operations director and amazing integrator. And our Mavericks have done more in six months' time in their business than most people do in years of navigating this on your own. It is fast tracking where you wanna go. And masterminds have been the single most powerful tool for growth in my business. It took me from five to six figures in the beginning years ago, and then from six to seven figures. And it is something that I love walking people through because it's so incredibly game-changing. We keep this community really tight. So if you're serious about growing your business and doing it in a way that's in integrity with your values so you can make the impact you want to make, but I believe that there's so much more to success and that's going to be making sure that you're also building in a way that gives you the time freedom so you can be with the people you love while you make the impact you want to make in your business. This is it. So don't wait because we cap this thing. We don't accept unlimited people. So you can apply at elizabethhartke.com forward slash maverick or check in the show notes and you need to apply so that we can schedule a call to see if this is the right fit. Ask whatever questions you want and see if this is the right thing both ways. I want to help you build a business that is in alignment with the vision that you have for your life. No more winging it. We've got the blueprint. Let's do this. Can I let you in on a little secret? There is an entire world of people 
getting more reach, getting more clients, getting more income opportunities without having to make social media their main focus or having to run ads upon ads upon ads. Like there are special ways that you can do things that expand your reach and help you to become known as an expert in your space. Do you want to know how? Well, then today's for you podcast visibility expert, Angie Trueblood, she is literally so masterful at helping her clients pitch themselves to be on podcasts and to get people onto their podcasts. And this is such a incredibly underutilized but insanely needle-moving strategy to build credibility, to expand reach and visibility. She's not just about crafting the perfect pitch, although she's really, really good at that. And she's not just like, hey, Send out a billion pitches, hope that one lands. She's the ultimate teacher in relationship building and queen bee super connector. So trust me, if you want to grow your brand, your opportunities around that brand, tune into today's episode with Angie Trueblood. This is just straight gold. Angie, it's so nice to finally get to chat with you in real time because where I usually talk to you is in the email inbox for podcast clients that you're pitching. So welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. I know it's so great to finally connect. I feel like we've been in touch with with each other for a while. So this is very nice. Yeah, definitely. So before we dive into today's topic that I'm kind of salivating over because I think it's such a powerful one of leveraging the the real power behind being a podcast guest, how that can impact your business, how to actually get on shows. My listeners, they know this about me, that I'm a total sucker for a good how they came to be story. So tell us a little bit about what led you into what you do now. Yeah. So like most entrepreneurs, it was a long and winding road. I worked in corporate sales, outside sales for a long while and for about 10 years with a pharmaceutical company actually. And then when I had kiddos, I just felt a pull to be at home with them. And I always had an entrepreneurial bug, but I just never had something motivating me enough to make that leap. And so when my kids were two and four, I actually quit work. And the way that I transitioned home, like a lot of female entrepreneurs actually, is through a direct sales company. So I um, was a part of an incredible company and it really fit with my mission. I was teaching moms how to meal plan because I was struggling getting dinner on the table for a small family. And so I did that for a little while. And as I got to know more women and more moms, I started recognizing that they had a bigger need than just the products that I was selling. And so right at that time, I started really diving into podcasts and, you know, it's such a great educational tool, really, when you're thinking of something new that you might want to step into, there's a podcast literally on any topic. So I just started binging online business. I transitioned that business into more of an online space where I had a meal planning course and you know, everything that kind of goes along with that. But ultimately what I found was my sweet spot was connecting with other complimentary business owners. And I was able to get podcast interviews myself. I was able to get featured on the local news. I thought everyone did this in business. And a lot of my business friends really started asking questions about how I was able to get that interview and what did I do, you know, to connect with the news anchor. And so that's when I recognized my gift really was in strategic super connecting and it was something I needed to lean into. So back in 2017, 
I completely pivoted into the visibility space and it's evolved since then. But yeah, I mean, I think it was me just recognizing that this one thing I loved so much, a lot of people don't love and need support in it. I think that is one of the keys of becoming successful and stepping into entrepreneurship in a way that you can be profitable is looking at what are my skill sets and what are my strengths? What are the things that I do know? Even if I take them for granted because I know them and they're really close to my vest, they're not close to everybody else's. And how can I leverage those things and monetize them? We were just talking about this on another podcast interview about uh, a woman I knew who was in corporate sales for ever, 25 plus years. And she obviously had strength in sales and she could take that outside of the corporate corporate atmosphere and teach her strategies. And, you know, you're doing that same thing. So in a different space. So I love that. And I think it's just testament to the fact that you did have that entrepreneurial bug and you were thinking outside the box and you had the courage to kind of step into something that you knew you could serve people with. And that's why you're doing as well as you are. So thank you for sharing it. Of course. Um, I think this topic is one that people are really hungry for because we have so many entrepreneurs and small business owners listening in who know they really do want to expand their reach to become more well-known for what they do. And being a guest on podcasts is just such a powerful way to do that. And it's a free way to do that too, which is another important piece of the puzzle. You know, you can pay for ads, you can pay to put yourself out there, but this is a great way to not only oftentimes in a free way to get in front of people, but also really strategic because you to your point, podcasting, there is a topic on everything. So yeah. that means that whatever your strength is, whatever your expertise is, even if it feels super niche down or super random, if you can get on the podcasts that are speaking to audiences who want more of that specifically, all of a sudden you are getting in the ears of your ideal client. Yes. And that's so powerful. Um, yes. But I think what trips them up is the how of it. Like first, let's, let's, before we get into the how. Sure. What is the power that you see in being a guest on other people's show? In yeah, podcasts? so I take a different approach sometimes. I don't often have clients who come to me and they are looking to get the notoriety of being on huge shows. I mean, there is definitely power in being on some of these shows that we all listen to and are very familiar with. But what I feel like we do a really good job of is working with clients to really help them convert podcast interviews into some sort of paying client or listener of their own show. So if you do it in that strategic way, which you touched on, that's really where the power comes because not only can you draw people back to your own digital homes, but you also are connecting with people who are in a very complimentary space. And I mean, I know I've sent clients to you and you guys still have a working relationship together mm -hmm. because you're able to continue it because you serve similar audiences. So the power of it and really the conversion factor almost, if you want to kind of boil it down to business, is you're able often to talk in front of people who are ready and sometimes interested in coming back to you and possibly buying what it is that you offer. So you can definitely generate direct leads. But I also think bigger than that is you're able to expand your reach and your audience. So I was just talking to a one-to-one -one client who we pitch for, and she just launched a new podcast. And that's definitely one of the places that I want her sharing 
when she is on someone else's podcast, because those listeners will likely come back to her own podcast and then get to know her. So, I mean, there's lead generation, there's your own podcast growth. And really a big piece of it is the growth of your own network, not just from potential clients, but colleagues and people that you can actually have real relationships with in this online space. So there's a million different ways you can benefit from it. It's just going into it, knowing what your business goals are. Definitely. And it's the top of funnel, right? Like it's what brings people into that funnel and it's coming with a strong recommendation. Basically, you know, when you are putting stuff in your own channels, your own podcasts, uh, your own social media channels, whatever it might be, your own blog, that's you saying, hey, listen to me, I'm credible. But there's a lot more credibility behind someone else that you trust and value saying, hey, listen to this person because she's credible. And that's the power of getting on someone else's show and having that turn into a top of your funnel too and bringing people back to you and I have like a billion questions. Okay. So I want to get more into. Well, and I will say, like, I think a lot of times we hear the word influencer and we think of these giant Instagram stars, but every time you connect with a podcast host and they basically usher you in to meet their audience, they are your influencer and they have influence over their audience. So you really, you can't, speak highly enough of that relationship and how them vouching for you, how important that is in growing that know, like, and trust factor so much faster than if you were doing it on your own. Mm-hmm. Totally. So I want to get into um, how when we are a guest on someone's show, we can be memorable, but I can already anticipate people listening, saying to me, yeah, but how do I actually get myself on the show? Like, how do I get over that hurdle of pitching myself to be on the show? So can we go into pitching tips first, kind of what, what that strategy should look like and maybe best practices there? Yeah. A lot of people picture that when you want to pitch yourself and you want to be a guest on shows, that the first thing you need to do is either sit down and start writing a pitch or digging into Apple podcasts and researching. And that's not where you start. I mean, you know, as a very strategic business owner, it really does start with a strategy and you defining your goals. So the first step is defining what types of audiences you want to get in front of. Who are the people that are likely going to be interested in what you have to offer as a business owner? Those are the people that you want to connect with. So really doing some of that kind of ideal client work, but it doesn't need to be intensive, just getting a good sense of who you might want to get in front of. I mean, for me, people come to me and they hire us on a one-to-one basis when they are scaling their business, right? They are growing it. They recognize there's a need to increase their visibility. So that's one group of audiences that it makes sense for me to connect with business coaches who are helping their audience scale. So getting very clear on the types of shows and the types of people that you need to get in front of, then you can kind of dig into the research and figure out, well, who are those people that I should be connecting with? And then honestly, before you ever send the pitch, and this is really just from an efficiency perspective, because so many people will dive into pitching and they'll come out hot, like they'll come out really strong out of the gate and send 10 pitches in one week, and then they never do it again because they haven't created any sort of system that is long-term, something they can keep up with. So it's really identifying a couple of strategic talk topics to where the podcast host will actually want to have you on and the people that you're looking to attract will be interested in hearing what you have to say. So when you're, doing, pi- go ahead. 
No, no, I was just going to ask about those topics that you mentioned, because I think that's so important. But when you're picking those topics, how I have some thoughts, but I would love to get yours yeah. <laughs> on how you get strategic in picking the right topics that are going to position you properly. So first we come up with kind of a bank of topics, and that doesn't have anything to do with a specific person that we're pitching. It's almost, so for me, another niche for me to get in front of would be folks who are interested in starting and growing their podcast. And I know that I could come on and talk to them about how guesting on other shows could help them grow their own podcast, right? Mm -hmm. So we come up with a core group of topics and a great range of topics to come up with are some how-tos. There are shows that are very how-to in nature. There's some shows that are more mindset in nature. They really want to dig into what you're doing and kind of what's going on to help you overcome obstacles. Others want to talk about your journey. So we come up with kind of a three to five different topics that we could pitch, but you never know what to pitch until you have a specific show and a specific host that you are trying to connect with. And even the topics that we come up with as a template never look the same when we send them to different hosts, even if the host is in the same niche, because personalization is key to making your pitch stand out in an email inbox to be candid. Definitely. And you are great at that. And I've seen people who are on the other end of the spectrum pitching same. people to be on our show mm -hmm. where it's so obviously a cut and paste message where they've never listened to our show. They don't even know who our audience is, or they're pitching a topic that we just went live on like a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Um, so taking the time to listen to someone's show, uh, look through their episodes that have already launched and see if there are some gaps, understanding their ideal audience so that you know how you can better serve them. You know, I've had people come on wanting to pitch things that literally go directly against what we believe at scaling up. So it's right. like, why would I have you on the show? So um, spending the time to do the research is huge. And then once you're sending these personal, you, you know, personalize the pitch, any uh, phrases that like definitely include phrases like this, definitely avoid phrases like this that people can uh, put in their toolkit when pitching? Yeah, I'll try to think of some specifics as we talk through it, but I think a lot of times it's really the tone that's more important and communicating your intent. So it really has to do with kind of how you enter that whole pitching process. Are you entering it feeling like, you deserve to be on these shows. And I mean that more from like a presumptive way. Mm -hmm. This is what I've seen a lot of lately is you get pitches to where they're almost written from the angle of, if you don't pick me, you're crazy. Like I am, wow. I mean, they don't come out and say that, but that's the tone, you know, mm -hmm. and it's very presumptive, almost asking when would be a good time for us to set up an interview, like really coming out with that first communication, being very sort of sales ish, you know, and which is so funny because that's my background, but we always like to give our hosts an out, right? We pitch a topic. We think it would be a good fit based on all the work that we've done, but we always our closing line. So if your listeners want something specific is would love to know your thoughts on having Susie on your show. Mm -hmm. You know, we use a lot of the words might, this could be a good fit. We always want to give the podcast host a feeling that we get that you have your own plan for this podcast. Like this podcast is your baby. And so if this doesn't fit, we totally respect that. And we only want to do it if it is a good fit. So I think mm -hmm. it's just um, the tone that you come at that pitch email with and really not coming in 
aggressive, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. I know that in sales and so many things, the fortune's in the follow-up. And I've seen a lot of um, people get frustrated because they're like, well, I sent the pitch and then I never heard anything back. How often are you following up? What is the, is there a necessity in following up? What does that look like? What does the follow-up look like? Yeah. So really that secondary to having a great personalized pitch is the follow-up. And that's where so many people miss a ton of opportunities. I actually got a client on a show today. We got the initial kind of um, not half-hearted yes, but interest back in December of 2019. It's a friend of mine that has a show we've connected through me pitching her. And she said, yes, I think she would be a good fit, but this is really when it would fit into my content schedule. And so we've just done follow-up over time. And the route that we take is you follow up pretty closely into the pitch in the beginning. So we'll send the pitch. And then two weeks later, we actually reply to the pitch that we sent so that they can read what we pitched before. We don't have to restate the obvious and being very respectful of their time. So, hey, Elizabeth, wanted to make sure that you saw, wanted to get your thoughts on having Susie on your show to talk about XYZ. Would love to know if you think it's a good fit. So the first follow-up is about two weeks after we send the initial pitch. And then it's a really fast follow-up. You know, you're not going, you're not selling it again at all. <laughs> you just kind of want it to pop back up in the email inbox. Right. So that's the initial one. And mm -hmm. then we space it out further and further, depending on whether or not we hear anything back from the host. And at some point you just recognize they're not getting back to me and that's fine. So I'm going to move on. The key, I think, to getting a lot of our clients on shows is when we get that initial interest, but I'm not able to commit to scheduling right now in our project management system, we schedule due dates and we circle back up. I have my executive assistant and she is on the ball when we set a due date and follow up is due. We circle back for sure. Great. I, I'm, I wanted to highlight that because I know people get excited when they craft this awesome pitch and expect that to be the thing to yeah. land them the, um, the opportunity. So yeah. continuing to follow up is important. Yes. And what about having like a media bio? Is that something that you're including in pitches and how media bio-ish should it be? Should it be more conversational and just kind of touching on credibility markers or what kind of things like that do you include in the pitch? We have evolved over time. I used to be really resistant to including one sheets because I felt like people would just send a really templated email. I mean, they wouldn't personalize it at all and they really wouldn't give much thought to it. And then they would attach a one sheet and think that check the box of personalization. And I'm just so adamant against that. But then I just started it. I started seeing it be a trend and I thought it would make sense for us to give it a go. And so we've been using them for quite a while now. I mean, probably close to six months at this point. And we have seen it be a real benefit to where we pitch one topic. And I do think it's up to the person pitching to come up with a topic, not share all of the topics that you could talk on, but pick one that you think is most relevant for that audience. But then the one sheet has a couple of other sample mm -hmm. topics. And we have had instances where a host will see the one sheet topics and say, actually, I'd rather have this one than the one that you sent, but we would like to have her on. So I love it from that perspective to where it might resist a no that we would have otherwise received. 
And I don't think you said how media-ish should it be. I think it should be really, I mean, it should represent your brand, right? So if you have a formal, high professional brand, it should look like that. But for us, we use it to really bring our clients more to life and to put a little bit of personality to who they are so that when a host opens it, they see someone that might be an inviting face to have on their show, even though it's all audio, but we use brand colors and brand fonts. So we really make it kind of a casual sharing of what else they can talk about. And we do include their bio in the beginning, but it's not, a, I've seen one sheets that have three paragraph bios with everywhere they've been featured. And we don't do that. Uh, as a podcast host myself, I get pitched for the Go Pitch Yourself show. And I don't want a really extensive one sheet. It's more for me to really get a sense of who you are and what value you could bring to my audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. So, all right. So now you're on the show, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so you get the pitch accepted. How do we make sure that we leave a lasting impact when we are being interviewed on a show? Something that we're all seeking, you know, we want to be memorable. Um, but what makes a guest truly memorable? So I think there's definitely, you want to have your audio solid. I mean, there's definitely the checklist of how to come across as a professional guest on the show, but from a real, like a soft skills perspective, it's really important to tell stories. You want to include the listener in your conversation. You know, it's very different than giving a talk on a stage because you cannot see the people that you're actually speaking to. And so you need to find ways to bring them into the conversation. So mentioning, you know, if you have listeners out there who are looking to grow their visibility, you can also make sure that you are talking and providing some depth to just the how-tos that you're offering. You know, I've given a couple of examples of things you could say in a pitch or how you could strategically pick a niche to pitch to, and that really helps the audience to get a really solid feel for who you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it builds up that credibility factor. Yeah. What about things like opt-ins or having a freebie that you offer? Um, when you come on a show, is that a smart thing to do with the intent of both serving the listeners and growing your list? Or is that something you recommend people avoid? I definitely recommend people do it as long as the podcast host is open to it. So I always check before we go on a show to make sure that that's okay, that I reference that at the end. I never want to do anything that's sort of out of integrity with what they feel comfortable with. So I definitely recommend at the end of the show offering some sort of free option to where they have to exchange an email address to get it. But then I also think you should offer, you know, a call to action. If you have a podcast, mention your podcast. That's an easy popover. It's a low commitment. So I love having sort of a three-tiered approach to how people can stay connected to you Mm -hmm. and just make sure you deliver it concisely so that you don't have people all over the place of thinking, well, wait, where should I go? What's the best place um, for me to follow this person? Yeah. And then what about actual offers like paid offers? I've heard people kind of pitch their, you know, their products or services on different people's shows. What are your thoughts on that? I don't, I would love to hear your thoughts on it actually, because this week I've had conversations with two clients and we are thinking about offering a discount for a service that one of our clients offers. And it's a bookkeeping service and she's amazing. And I don't know that I think it's such a bad idea. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to test it. There will be a coupon code to where they can get a year at a particular discount. 
But again, I think that needs to be shared up front because yeah. you, you never want the host to be like, wait a second, this just turned into an infomercial and it's my show. And likely they'll just cut it out. I mean, if sure. someone did that on my show, I would edit it out. Yeah. So, same. Yeah. I feel, I feel the same way. So I would, I actually really like that idea because it's, it's technically catered or, um, I don't know. It's really catered to the individuals listening because you're making it discounted for them. Like you're kind of serving them at a higher level. And if, as long as it's also in alignment with the audience and what you're speaking on, but anything that would be paid or, or leaning towards paid, I would always fact check it with the, with the host. The other thing I've noticed is when I've guested on other people's shows, a lot of times the host is really generous in saying, what do you have coming down the pike? Like, what can they, what, what programs do you have that they can be a part of? Like, I know our people will want to work with you. So they tee it up for me yeah. and that's been really nice. So just kind of making sure you have your links ready and your, you know, your programs and services ready to mention, because sometimes I've noticed that they'll do that, which is like a nice little softball that people will, yes. will send. But I, yeah, I totally agree. Just, just run it by the host. And honestly, I like the one that you described testing that because it is formulated for that audience, but just kind of always trying to pitch your stuff and asking, I feel like might wear people out a little and rub them for the sure. wrong way. Yeah. yeah. Well, we actually talked about offering an incentive, almost like a mini affiliate program mm -hmm. to where the discount code would be the podcast name. And if someone did sign up after their third month together, then the the podcast host would get a referral bonus. And I like that because it's more of a collaboration rather than a, I am just spilling all of my offers to your people and I hope mm -hmm. they will take it. So mm -hmm. to me, it just felt a little bit better. The other thing I was going to mention, because I know you have talked about funnels before, is sometimes I feel like there's this pressure to really unload everything at the end of a podcast episode and tell everyone where they can find you. But if you have pretty clear funnels, and I hate that word because it sounds so inauthentic, but we both know it doesn't need to be impersonal. But if you really have the places that you send people optimized, you don't have to get them paying on the next right. interaction with you because you know there will be other opportunities. So that's just a kind of, especially if your listeners haven't guessed it on shows before and they might feel this pressure at the end to really nail it and bring it home. As long as you send people to something that you've optimized, then you can capture them down the road. Definitely. And if you have a podcast of your own and you set that up in a way that like on your podcast, you have the freebies and the different ways that they can opt in. It's a lower barrier to entry. It doesn't feel sleazy. It's just kind of inviting them over to your home, like yeah. your space. And it's a not, it's a better feeling. Plus if they aren't going to go over and listen to your podcast, they're not going to buy your course. No, you know, they're not no. just going to like come in cold and buy something if they won't even go over and subscribe to your show or give it a listen. So trying to sell to a cold audience is a little bit tough yeah. um, and not really appropriate most of the time. So what about after the show? Like when you're a guest on someone's show, are there any, like, is it over and done or are there things that you should do to continue to nurture that relationship? Like what are some strategies behind that? Yeah. I mean, definitely sharing the episode fully with your audience. I mean, I sometimes throwing it up on social media is what people do and that's fine. But I've also seen great examples of not just kind of sharing that you were on Susie Q's podcast once, but I share ours and even our client features. We share that to our email list. Like we really try to give the love back to the hosts that we either 
connect with on behalf of clients or whose shows that I've been on. So I think really sharing that person to your audience in however many ways you can is a great way to show them how much you appreciate it. And that just kind of helps the relationship moving forward anyway. Definitely keeping in touch with the host if there is synergy in what the two of you do. I know there's definitely been times where I've connected with a host and afterwards I was invited to come into their paid group to give an expert training or I've invited them to be back on my podcast. So I think that's also the beauty of being strategic on who you connect with, not pitching yourself to people that do the same thing as you, but to people who serve the same types of people as you, because then you guys can really partner to serve those people on an even deeper level. So I think it's a lot of it's keeping your eyes and ears open to what would be a logical next step and just keeping in touch that way. Yeah. And there have been times that I've had people on the show where either I've hired them because they, you know, after the show were chatting and um, really what they've spoken on would serve in my business and vice versa. I've had people, you know, bring me on as their coach and walk them through scaling their businesses. So when you can have that dynamic and that relationship and maybe even send a thank you note or something, letting them know like you appreciated being on and it goes a long way and it really keeps that rapport. And it's just such a, like we're all in this industry of trying to grow our businesses online. When you have multiple people that think highly of you and you know, they're in your corner, they're quick to give a referral. You know, I'll get emails from that. I'll stay in touch with people that have been on my show that are like, Hey, what are you promoting? How can I help you? You know, I'm just, just thinking of you. Like, do you have anything launching? And you know, it's likely because they also will have something launching in the future and they want to be able to ask, but I'm happy to do that for them too. And it serves both of our audiences. So it's a smart approach. Um, So speaking of the, um, where people can find you, yes, I feel like this has been so valuable. And I, I know for me, like the, you know, I'm constantly, we're pitching to be on other people's shows. We're getting pitched to be on ours but there are so many little nuggets of wisdom that you dropped in here that I feel like we can add to our pitches to make them better and just to tweak the experience of when we're actually on a show, how we deliver and the energy that we come with and everything. So thank you so much for sharing it because you are so good at what you do. And you know, when we see your name show up in our inbox, it's always a happy feeling versus some other people that like we (laughs) see pitch and we don't even open them anymore because we've tried to work with them in the past and their clients don't even show up on the calls or, you know, they're just like, it's a disaster. So when Angie Trueblood shows up in our inbox, we're like, yay, we probably have a good guest opportunity here. Um, so thank you for what you do and doing it in integrity and like in a way that's pleasant to work with. Well, and thank um, you. I will say this, just seeing the, the, seeing the host from a different perspective than a lot of people do. Thank you for being very respectful of myself and my team and our clients, because that's, I mean, we could talk about that on a different episode, but you always show up so gracious for the guests that we connect you with. And I think that just speaks to you as a human. And it's so important in the online space to know that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. So where can people come find you? Because not only does Andy, you know, did she give us some wisdom here today, but she does this for entrepreneurs. She's excellent at what she does. So let us know more about what you do, um, how people can work with you and where they can find you. Yeah. So I am the host of the Go Pitch Yourself podcast. So you can easily pop over and give that a listen. It's a biweekly show. 
the next option, and I did create a freebie for your listeners. They can find it at angietrueblood.com slash scaling up. And that's actually our roadmap to podcast pitching success. So it's really the six steps of a framework that we follow internally to pitch our clients and that we teach others to do inside of the Go Pitch Yourself program. But it also includes five mistakes that we often see in pitches. So it's more nuggets of kind of what not to do and what to do instead of those. So they can grab that as a free download. And then my services, if anyone is interested in getting some support, they can check that out on the website, angietrueblood.com slash services. So great. And I will link to all that. You guys don't have to go back and try and figure out the links or anything. I will put all of that in the show notes for you all. And Angie, thank you again. It's been awesome having you on. And I can't wait for people to get this value because I want more of our audience to be able to gain that visibility, to serve more deeply, um, and to put their missions out into the world because it's such an important piece of the puzzle in entrepreneurship. Yes. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thanks so much. Of course. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Before you go, make sure you take a minute to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on all of those amazing fromies, freebies for me homies, obviously, and content that we're creating just for you. And if you like today's episode, can you help us out and help us get this in the hands of more people by taking a screenshot of today's episode and sharing it with your friends, tagging me, passing it around on social media. Guys, we've got to get this mission and this movement out there to more people so that they are living their purpose and living out their dreams and getting paid for it well too. I'm also so thankful for all of the amazing feedback we've been getting in the reviews. So if this podcast is helping you grow, take a second and go review us on iTunes and be sure to check out today's show notes for more details and takeaways from the show. Until next week, guys, keep scaling up.